0: At the end of the liturgical year the reading always reminds us as well about the end of time. The apocalyptic is something that's not all that common among us, there are various folks hostage to it in a way, making predictions about all sorts of things as if they were let in on it, but our Lord tells us of course we won't know the time of the season, but we of course are to stand ready. And so the Lord wants us waiting in hope and also in deep faith and trust, knowing that his power and grace for us will be sufficient. But important for us to face the results of our lives, to make our lives indeed count. There is in a way, there are occasionally uses for being scared, we'd like to avoid it sometimes it makes sense. A first year can go to a football game and get so drunk that people are worried whether he'll be able to continue to breathe, that the centers in the brain that prompt the breathing will continue. When I was down at Princeton as a postdoc, we all have mis- make mistakes, yes, I was at Princeton for a while, but I told it in confession. But there were 19 or 20 kids who had their stomachs pumped at Princeton Medical Center really dangerous thing, wondering if they'd survive. They got a scare. If they didn't figure life out well enough, it was amateur hour that much. If they were patsies to the people around them, how important that they got a scare. Same thing with the hazing of fraternities. Very wise to be scared and get that experience by common sense, or if you won't listen, As Ben Franklin says, experience teaches a dear school, a costly school, but fools will learn in no other. And so sometimes those things have to take place. Sometimes it gets us to face results of what we're not doing, of the sins of omission, which I think we all have to admit are hard to see because we've left them out. But importanter, most of the time are they than the ones of commission, that we see and confess. Worry has its uses. As I say, it gets us back on track. And sometimes that can mean everything. To notice that our lives are empty, and that we have to, as the bumper sticker says, get life. You might say that's what our Lord calls us to today. To face the facts rather than fighting them. One of the classic cases I see around here is people doing orgo, It's an odd phrase, stands for organic chemistry, and usually for most people, it's scary. I share the feeling, I did a lot of science, chemistry, physics, and math, but I was on the physical chemistry side of the aisle, not on the orgo side of the aisle, so I certainly share their feelings. And many of the persons come up to me and saying, Father, I'm worried I have orgo, and I'll say, well, let's parse it. Let's sort of dissect it. There is such a thing as good worry. Worry that's good, why? Well, because it gets you up early, to study even on a cold morning when you don't want to get up, gets you focused in the study. Worry—that's good when you were about to be content to look at the book and turn the pages for eight, eight hours, learning nothing, but instead to enforce upon yourself the more demanding regime of having a stack of empty pages and studying for 15 minutes, and then writing things out and testing yourself and seeing if you actually knew it. And then you would solidly know everything in a structure and you could do that in three hours rather than sitting and wasting your day doing nothing for eight again worry has its place but beyond that in that case it seems to me worry is a horrible distraction from studying and so the best thing in the world is to simply jump into it dissolve into it and have that sense of flow lose yourself in study then not be assailed by worry because you have made that your aim and goal and joy. You know the work you have to do, whether as respects orgo and study and getting to medical school, or as respects life itself, to have, indeed, to have a life. And so, therefore, the Lord in today's gospel importantly calls us back so that we don't get lost in meaningless distraction so we don't miss the point of our lives, so we don't, as he says, get surprised by a trap we hadn't seen, so we understand what we have to do. Is there anything more full of despair in all of art than one face in the Sistine Chapel, not on the ceiling but the back wall the Last Judgment, the fellow who's sitting there with his hand on covering half his face and so you see with the other eye ultimate human despair because life having come to an end he suddenly and only then realizes he's missed the point and therefore over against that tragedy what a marvelous thing every year to have raised up for us the question do you know what it's all about are you facing it are you avoiding your life are you backing into it Are you facing it and living life fully and every day lived to the full? How important that. How important that. Every Sunday we come together here to hear God's promises to us as those promises were made to God's people. Jeremiah 33, the days are coming when I will fulfill my promise. And so we prepare for the Lord's way in Advent. We come together here for Mass every Sunday to confide in God, to pray, to learn to pray just by turning up all in our hearts and leaving it to the Lord, rather than worrying ourselves to death as if our worry could accomplish it, realizing there's great God and little me, creature and creator and coming and kneeling down and turning our needs and our concerns for the others who we love, even the people we don't love, to learn to love them, to turn all those worries and concerns over to God. I wonder if you've ever noticed in the architecture of this lovely building which such lovely people built for us over a century ago, have you ever noticed there's a perpetual conversation across the transept? There's our Blessed Mother right there, And here between the two saints, John, is Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother. And so there, you might say, in perpetual converse. And as we have the rosary mysteries here, Annunciation, Visitation, it's constantly the Visitation. We all think of the Magnificat, understandably. But there's also a line which, to my my mind, is one of the greatest in all of Scripture, Luke 1.45. Do you know what Elizabeth says to Mary? Blessed is she who trusted that the Lord's words to her would be fulfilled. Blessed is she who trusted that the Lord's words to her would be fulfilled. If religion means anything, it means trusting in God and confidence in God, the calm that comes with that, the peace that comes from that, whatever path or difficulty we have to walk through. And sometimes our difficulties, our troubles are manifold and the troubles of those we love. But blessed is she who trusted and we too, trusted that the Lord's words to us will be fulfilled. And we come together every week at Mass to pray and to trust and to be confident in God. And then we come together here every week at Mass to see each other, to meet each other, to ask after each other, to be grateful for each other, to get to know one another. As we have in our second reading, 1 Thessalonians 3. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another. The greatest joy in life comes from compassion, for knowing that life holds, the world is more than just ourselves, to relate to others, to be a part of a large family, the whole human family, and to know that God loves everybody, and for us to do that too. Sadly, there are caricatures of religion, the very religiosity that Christ came to call constantly into question that says, God loves us and not you. God loves just me and none of you. And Christ breaks down that wall and that nonsense. And we are to go forth as heralds and do that too, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son to everybody. That God loves us and he loves us all. And thus on Sunday morning, we don't stand alone, but we come together to encounter each other and to meet each other, and to meet our sisters and brothers, indeed another self, and to learn, perhaps for the first time, love. And then every Sunday we go to Mass and come together here to hear that marvelous reminder, do this in remembrance of me. So we realize that our purpose here is to remember the Lord, his gift of his life for us, the great sacrament he gave us so it would not be something we read about but something we encounter sacramentally every week at Sunday Mass in the Eucharist. The very word meaning to give thanks. The very word meaning a thankful heart. The most important attribute of any heart. The most important thing being thanksgiving. When you talk to people, they'll talk about the bustle and all the logistics of Christmas, and they'll pause and say, frankly, I would like Thanksgiving better. It's that feast where everyone gets together, there's not all the extra logistics, but above all that matter of being thankful, which of course, Christmas, the gift of the sun, embodies just as well, more logistics there to be fair, to be true, but you could think that Thanksgiving or Christmas just came once a year. But thanks be to God if you're a Catholic Christian. They come every week to be thankful, to be known that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. We give thanks for that at the Lord's commission, at the Lord's words, following the Lord's instruction here every week at mass.